It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to sing, we joyous all together, as we become heedless of the wind and weather and fa-la-la-la-la right out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Jason, or as my friends call me, just Jason. We have got another Christmas-filled episode for you today. We'll be discussing Finland's Christmas goat in our festive fun fact. Mrs. Claus is going to be cooking up a cookie-topping treat. Ned has what I can only describe as his naughtiest gift to date, Mrs. Nesmith's back with a new book review, and we will see if a very retail Christmas is a classic or not-so-classic Christmas special. And just a little reminder, our show is not for younger listeners, as we're going to be using some language and discuss some themes that uh, are clearly more adult and definitely could land us on the naughty list. So let's get things going and start off with our festive fun fact. Well, hello, my holiday elves. It's November, which means we are only one month away from Christmas. And as I mentioned on the show before, I really love learning about other Christmas customs and traditions from around the world. So today we're going to talk about the Finnish Christmas figure, Yolabuki, which is a really fun word to say, and I had to learn it, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly because I've been practicing. So who or what is Yolabuki? Well, the name Yolabuki literally means Christmas goat or Yule goat in Finnish. Yolabuki was originally a pagan tradition where festivals were held to honor the return of the sun. And the Yule goat was thought to be kind of scary, like a scary creature by some who thought it was its job to frighten kids into behaving or maybe it was an invisible creature that would help prepare for the season of Yule. And you're probably asking yourself, okay, so what do goats have to do with it? Well, there's not really an answer. Um, Most people believe that goats are linked to the god Thor, who commanded a goat-driven chariot, and goats became associated with harvest and fertility through him. So they're, they're thinking there's a link between the two. Now, most theorists believe when Christianity began incorporating some pagan customs and pagan ways into their festivals that they actually merged Yolabuki with St. Nicholas to create more of our modern-day Santa Claus. He's often mentioned of, of having a wife who's referred to as Old Lady Christmas. Uh, unlike American Santas, though, he, he doesn't use a chimney. He actually rings the doorbell or knocks on the door and enters politely, asking uh, the already awake families, so the families are actually still awakened, 
uh, he asks them, are there any well-behaved children here? And of course they're going to say yes. And then that's how they get gifts. Um, he usually wears red robes, but what makes him a little bit more unique is that he carries a, he does have a, he carries a walking stick and on his robe, there's a broad band of blue near the fur. He also travels in a sleigh pulled by reindeer. However, the reindeer can't fly. So in this version, they pull the sleigh. And there is a lot more acceptance now of Rudolph as the lead puller of the sleigh, thanks to the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. In some parts of Finland today, there's still a custom of people dressing up as, uh, as Yolabuki in the fashion of the goat costume. Uh, where they would go around and perform in return for leftover food after Christmas, which I think is kind of fun. Now, according to Wikipedia, Finland's Yolabuki receives over 500,000 letters a year from over 200 countries, mostly China, Poland, and Italy, which is, fan I don't know, it's just, I find that fascinating. And Yolabuki did make a prominent appearance in one movie, and it's a Finnish movie called Rare Exports. I have seen this movie. I watched it many, many years ago. It is dark, uh, but it's good. So if you really love a good foreign film, you should definitely check out Rare Exports and uh, kind of see what that little legend's about. It's, I don't want to give it away. Anyway, so what do you think about Yolabuki? Do you have any customs or festive fun facts that you would like us to cover during this segment, please let us know. And you can simply just shoot us an email at keeping the Yuletide gay at gmail.com. Grab a cozy blanket, or a hot cup of tea and settle in for Mrs. Nesbitt's holiday books for your holiday book nook. Oh gee, here I am again. Well, welcome to my little segment. It's me, your host, Mrs. Nesbitt. Lorraine Nesbitt. But call me Mrs. Nesbitt. I'm the librarian at the North Pole. I'm back this time. I'm going to do another short review on a short story. Where the love light gleams. From the gay romance holiday collection. From Kiera Andrews. Let me tell you right away, Kiara does not shy away from, uh, you know, the adult nature of the book. It's very erotic. Yeah, I may have gasped out. Joey was worried. That's my husband. He was worried I was having a heart attack. He said, Lorraine, what's wrong? You gotta calm down. And I said, Joey, it's the book. The language has me clutching these imaginary pearls because he had never bought me any. Anyway, here we go. Let's let, me give, let me give you my plot recap. All right. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, though. I want you to read the book. So, a plot focuses on actors who are apparently on a popular space TV show called Space Academy. Now, there's out actor Ryan and heterosexual actor Carrie, named after Carrie Grant, who I find very dreamy, by the way. Now, Ryan is clearly in love with his co-star, but doesn't want to mess up their friendship. So he jokingly invites... Carrie to his family's Christmas in Canada. Now, Carrie is going to spend Christmas with his girlfriend, whose name is not important enough to remember. They're going to go to a spa. Who does that? It's Christmas. The next day, at his parents' cabin, Ryan gets a call from Carrie telling him he's coming to Christmas. 
Now, Brian's family are ecstatic because they can all tell he's in love with Carrie. Now, here's what happens. Just like any rom-com, right? Any rom-com. They end up sharing a room. They go cut down a Christmas tree. And they have a romantic snowball fight. Roll around in the snow. And then it happens. Ryan kisses Carrie. Yeah. And it's clear. It's clear Carrie enjoyed the kiss. Trust me, from her writing, it's very clear. It's very clear. But he's confused and decides he needs to leave. He wants to go back to his ex-girlfriend. Things are weird now between him and his friend. Yeah. Now there's hurt feelings, misunderstandings, and someone almost dies while ice fishing. And there's some erotic scenes throughout. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. I'm just giving you a review. Okay? You've got to read it for yourself. Now look. I didn't explain this the last time, so I'm going to do it now. These are my ratings. Okay? These are my ratings. All right? You might get a meh if I didn't like it. Get some meh. If I liked it but it wasn't great, I give it a hot. If I find it good, I give it a hot and bothered. And if it's real good... If it's real good, I give it a hot and bothered. I had to take Joey to the bedroom to have a conversation. Yeah. So here's the here's what I give the plot. I give the plot a hot. Yeah, it gets a hot. Listen, I really enjoyed the plot. It's a short story, and you know what? I like the two leads. They were developed well enough. You understood who they were, where they were coming from. There was some humor, sweet moments. You know, take out some of the sex. This could have been a this could have been a Hallmark movie. Yeah, easily, easily a Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. Now, the characters, I definitely give a hot to. They're cutie patooties. Yeah, you can't help but like either of them. They're cutie patooties. Now, this one. The eroticness of this book. I, I am not embarrassed, but I'm going to say this. I got hot and bothered and had to have Joey come talk to me about it in the bedroom. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what these books went. This, this story went. I'm not kidding. She knows how to write a story, let me tell you. Now, if you've got a friend that might like this story, I'll put the book in the, in the show notes because you should get it for them. There's four stories in the book. I haven't read them all yet. So, you know, I'm just going off of where the love light gleams, okay? So, again, I don't really know how to wrap up the show. But come back next month because our, our next one is we're going to do another one of the holiday stories in Kiera Andrews' Gay Holiday Romance Collection. This one's called Eight Nights in December. It's about Lucas who spends Hanukkah with his roommate's family and ends up sharing a room with his roommate's geeky brother, Nate, a photographer who invites Lucas to his dark room. That one might get a hot and bothered just by that right there. Might get a hot and bothered. I don't know. Until next time, this is me, Lorraine Nesbitt, but call me Mrs. Nesbitt. Over and out. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured lets us know it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers! Hello, dear listeners! I'm so excited you're back in my kitchen with me once again. You know, we're only one month away from Christmas Eve. Oh my, it's crazy here, my friends. We're going crazy baking candies and cookies and pies and 
Oh, so much food. Not only do we have to keep making all the Christmas treats, we're preparing for Thanksgiving. We've got Christmas meals. And we've got to cook for over 500 of our closest friends and, and, and elves and everybody. So I just wanted to teach you a very super fast treat you could quickly make for when your guests come over. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the plan because I know... You know, we're getting into the crazy right now. We are. We are. It's just everybody, you can hear the noises in the background. People are going, gun, just crazy. So anyway, today's tasty treat is called Mrs. C's Christmas Cookie Dip. Mmm, yes. Now this recipe makes about 10 servings and it's very easy to make more. You know, pretty much even the kids could help you if you just keep an eye on them. Yeah. So, here we go. This is what you need for here's your ingredients, okay? It's one eight ounce package of cream cheese, mm. two cups of powdered sugar, two teaspoons of vanilla, a half a cup of heavy whipping cream, and then you've got to have some Christmas sprinkles. And then, of course, this is a dip, so you've got to have stuff to dip it with. So you've got your pretzels or cookies or even strawberries. Mm. Yes, there's so much you can do with this dip. Now, for our kitchen tools, we've got a little bit of something different this time around. Normally, we don't be using a mixer, but in this case, you need your hand mixer, two mixing bowls, uh, measuring cups, both liquid and dry, measuring spoons, uh, uh, or your serving bowl, okay, or a Tupperware container, because this, this dip can hold, all right? So... We've got to get ready now. It is time for step one. And you all know what that step is. It's time to toast to our success with our sherry. Got my bottle out because, listen, I might have already had a cup or two. And now I get some more. Remember, we got to the tippy top. All the way. Keep it going. You know, somebody said, Mrs. Close, it sounds like your glass is getting bigger every episode. Don't worry about what I do. All right. Now, I've just got a very quick toast today. It's cheers to my holiday queers. Mm, okay, here we go. Oh, you know, I say it every time, but it doesn't matter. It's so good. All right. Here we go. Now, step number two. What we've got to do is you're going to use your, your hand mixer or your stand mixer or whatever, and you're going to whip your heavy whipping cream until it's fluffy, all right? So remember, it's a half a cup of whipping cream, so I've got to get that prepared real quick here. You can't hear it, but I'm pouring it. All right. I've got to put it in this bowl here. Give that a quick pour in. to get it all in there set this out to the way all right trying to keep a neat and tidy kitchen during the holidays can be quite a pain especially when you have somebody like Mitzi in the kitchen who doesn't do their job now we're going to get loud here so I'm going to do some mixing and then I'll come back and you know when it's done now typically to get your whipped cream nice and fluffy it's going to take about three minutes or so okay so I'll be right back here we go!
Oh, that was a fast three minutes, and you're welcome for not making you hear it because it gets really loud. It does. So, now that we've got it all nice and fluffy, we're going to do some more mixing, but we're going to set that aside. We're going to grab our next bowl right there. And this one, we're going to combine our cream cheese and vanilla and powdered sugar gradually until it's all combined, okay? So, I have already cut up my cream cheese because I find it's easier to spread it around like that. So, let me... Put that in the bowl here. Alright. We've got to get our vanilla out. Now, listen, I love vanilla, so I don't care how much you put in. Because sometimes I just do my own thing because I'm my own woman and I'll do what I want. Alright, so we're going to be putting in our vanilla. Remember, the recipe says two teaspoons, but if you put a little bit more in, what's it going to hurt? Nothing. Nothing at all. So let's get that poured in. Here's our first one. And our second. Oh. I might have dropped a little bit more. That's okay because I'm the cook. Just like you are the cook. Don't you want? Alright. We're going to get loud again. So I'm just I'm just gonna not make you listen to it, okay? But here we go! Oh, goodness, it gets so loud. Listen, you know what you should do to celebrate how loud it got? Let's get a little down on ourselves and have some more sherry. Mm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, listen. All right. Now, oh, okay. now that we've got our whipped cream all whipped and you've got your your um, cream cheese mixed with your powdered sugar and your vanilla, which, by the way, it's going to look like it's going to clump up. Keep going. It'll make like a better consistency, okay? The next thing we've got to do is take our whipped cream and we're going to fold it in. Yes. So I've got to fold it in. Get all of that out. Fold it in. And just give it a good folding. Mm -hmm. Get it all mixed together in there. It smells delicious, I have to tell you. It really does. Now I've got it all folded in. The next thing we're going to do. Oh, you know it's our favorite time. We're going to shake our sprinkles in. Now you should do, you can do this dip for any time of the year. It doesn't have to be just Christmas. You just have to pick out your sprinkles. Now I'm going to put in sprinkles that have little Christmas trees. Mm, yes. So here we go. Shake, shake, shake. <laughs> Oh, it gives it a nice Christmassy color, yes. 
and we're just going to fold them around so it gives it that nice Christmas color. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what? I'm going to put a copper bar in. Because it's fun. Yes. Okay. Now. Your dip is... It's done. It's done. I know. It's done. All right. We're going to do our taste test. So I've got one of my sugar cookies that doesn't have anything on it. And I'm just going to dip it in. It's a pretty firm dip too. All right, here we go. I'm so excited. Mmm. That's so good. It's really good. I put too much dip on the cookie, I'm not going to lie, but it's so good. <clears throat> I'll just use some sherry to wipe it down. <laughs> and that's it. So you can serve this dip immediately. Or you can prepare it ahead of time. And you can store it in an airtight Tupperware container for up to three days. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely use this, yes. Okay, that's it. It's simple, it's tasty. I just wanted you to have a quick treat for yourselves. So you can spend all your time with your friends and family this holiday season. Now, listen. I know we're going to be busy next month, okay? But I promise I'm going to be back with a delicious Christmas cocktail because Frosty knows we're all going to need a drink by then anyway. So until next, no, next time everyone, Merry Christmas and Happy Treat Tasting. The following is an NBC special presentation. Welcome back for another classic or not so classic Christmas special review with me and one of my holiday guesty bestie co-host. It's November and that means we are just one short month away from Christmas. 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 And uh, today we've got back with us guesty bestie Kyle, who's better known for his culinary skills, but sadly not his Christmas special choosing skills. Uh, last time you were on, Kyle, <laughs> you chose A Cosmic Christmas, which at the time both of us did not enjoy. But after watching it this It was special out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. After watching uh, today's episode, um, I would be happy to sit through multiple viewings of A Cosmic Christmas again. For sure. Yeah. So, hi, Kyle. Hi. Thank you for having me on your recurring segment where you torture your friends through Christmas, which is supposed to be the happiest time of the year. I am sorry that these you specials <laughs> you choose bad show choices. Otherwise. You make bad choices. I don't have to tell you. 
Just when in you're case, presented with three bad choices, you can only make a bad choice. First of all, how this works, in case this is the first episode you've ever listened to, I just randomly pick three names of specials that I have never seen. And I give my guests the opportunity to pick, just based on the title alone, one of the specials. And you don't have a great track record of choosing things based on the title. I don't feel like you get to be mad at me for that. I mean, I really doubt those other ones were better. Uh, I don't know. So. I mean, probably, but not much better. Not much better now. Um, Kyle and I did actually meet several years ago working in a, uh, as my notes say, a shabby retail store. We actually met at Christmas. Uh, I was hired in as holiday help. And uh, Kyle tried to tell me what to do once, and I did not follow his orders. And I have now blocked that from my memory. You did. Um, So it's really no surprise that one of the choices I gave him is the one he ended up choosing, which is this episode special called A Very Retail Christmas. Like I thought, okay, it's going to be like a special about like some retail workers like in the trenches together maybe this is a very poorly titled yeah special yeah this that title has nothing to do what this is about absolutely (laughs) not absolutely not uh so some notes about the show there's not much i think this only aired one time and it uh was on christmas eve back in 1990 um how old were you then were you bored then? Like six months. <laughs> so this special made me feel really old. Um, Usually my knees just make me feel really old. But I think I think I was ten, maybe nine or ten. I did not watch this. So special. you were like the demo. I was the demo, and I did not watch it. I I would have remembered how awful this was. I wouldn't have blocked it out. So it was a made-for-TV movie that originally aired on NBC. I mean. Let's just say special, not movie. Okay, sorry, special. Yeah, yeah. I gave it too much credit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was produced and I believe even written by Paul Fusco. Do you know Paul? Um, Well, the YouTube description led me to believe that he created or produced or wrote or I don't know. Maybe he was Alf. He was. He was all of those things. He actually uses the ALF voice multiple times in this show. What a career. I know. I mean, hey, ALF was huge, man. ALF was ALF was big. Like, it was a little bit before my time, but I even know what ALF I mean, was, I like, feel like up. if I decide that you should come back next year, I may not give you a choice. I may just make you watch the ALF Christmas special. Oh, I have something planned. <laughs> For the whatever whole that was yeah. the whole year next whole year. year um because i think i mean it you, can't you, be any worse oh i don't want to give really? it away i don't want to give it away if you've never seen the alf christmas oh. special everyone you should go out and find it it's somewhere out there really? on some should site you? yeah uh, it's talked a lot about in the christmas people community we talk a lot about the alf christmas special because of a couple things okay yeah Kind of like the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, uh, nope. That was good compared to the elf. Um, yeah. So that's all I have. I don't think this has ever been released on DVD, nor should it be, um, because nobody would buy it. 
uh, I thought it was going to be animated until I hit the button and it fast forwarded just a little bit. And we realized that it's puppets. It's not Muppets because the Muppets are way classier than this. Uh, but it's puppets. I think your reaction was, oh, this is has someone famous. That was the first thing yes, you said. Yes, because of the, the main star. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and oh, then, okay. Okay, yeah. This could be okay. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's puppets. <laughs> puppets. Uh, so it's humans interacting with puppets. So it is kind of long like Muppets. It's kind of like the Muppets. But um, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm saying in 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 idea, not in talent. Okay. okay. Not saying in talent. Um, it stars, of course, Paul Fusco as, uh, I think, every puppet. Uh, there's a couple other people who have voices in there, but it's all you can tell when Paul's talking. Uh, and then the b- top billed star is TV's Ed O'Neill, who was Al Bundy at the time. At the time, and was clearly playing Al Bundy. Uh, I, I don't think Ed's range had uh, had developed as much as an actor yet, because uh, he was literally they just said plays you know just play Al. So uh, he was known for Al Bundy, but he's more known now for playing uh, the patriarch. Jay on Modern Family, and he's been in some movies, um, which have been really good where he's shown some more dramatic work. So, um, also, uh, I'm not going to give this character away, but as a character that shows up randomly at the end, was Christopher Hewitt, aka Mr. Belvedere, uh, which was an 80s sitcom, Kyle, 80s, 90s sitcom, uh, and then. Uh, with another small bit part is Sam Whipple, who played Percival Osgood III, and I have lots to say about old Percy. And uh, Chuck McCann, who played Santa Claus, and uh, hashtag not my Santa. So <laughs> he's, that, was, that was not good work for him. No. Um, I don't blame him as much as I blame the writing of the show, but I don't know. So anyway... This had no singing, which was weird in a Christmas special. Like most Christmas specials have some songs somewhere in them, whether it's in the background music or whatever. But in this case, there was nothing. There were some background like melodies sometimes, but nothing yeah. like actual songy songs, you know? So, which. If it took place at a retail establishment, <laughs> there would clearly be some Christmas music playing in the background. Yeah, because again, if it would take place in like a store, which is kind of where yeah. I, I think I was going to, you could have the workers singing like, oh my God, here comes the same song 15 times. Could be about a ragtag group of retail employees <laughs> learning the real meaning of Christmas. This is true. It could have. Already 100% better than what this was. Yeah. Because this had nothing to do with retail. Nothing at all. It had to do with toy production. Yeah. Which is not retail. It is not. I mean, it leads to retail way down the line. But yeah, no. So um, again. Was there a different like definition of retail in the 90s? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't know what this was. I think we should just get into it because. The faster we talk about it, the faster it's done. Yeah. Uh, again, we both thought this was an animated special, but the show begins uh, with snow falling, right? Uh-huh. And it lets us know that we're at the North Pole because there is a sign 
on says a pole that says North, the North pole. pole. It also said on it that the population was two humans, 299 elves, and 12 reindeer. And I was very confused. So is Santa technically a human, though? I guess so. I have never what thought of your, Santa as a human. I was going to say, what's your personal feelings? Because I wouldn't say he's human. It depends on your Santa, your Santa canon, uh, depending on what, what, what lore you have read. Um, there's a fantastic book out there. Um, Don't say the Polar Express. No, no. Um, <laughs> called the Autobiography of Santa Claus that does a wonderful job of weaving in holiday traditions and where they came from, history, and... Um, discussing who saint nicholas was and it starts out like you know with him as being an an orphan who has left a lot of money and it follows him through as he becomes a bishop in the catholic church and then eventually he dies and that's when he actually becomes santa so i i consider him to be more of like an immortal being not necessarily human at that point anymore because he's got magic okay so i I don't see that what about you i don't know what i would classify him as but not human I've never thought so deeply about it, so. Yeah, I don't think he's human. I think he's immortal. But I guess it's probably better than to say two humans than two immortals. Two magical creatures. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're right. I think humans would make more sense. Then we open up on a meeting inside the elf boardroom, which would make sense. You know, they're elves. They should have a boardroom. Sure. And we get to meet some of the characters, and I tried to get as many of their names and job positions as possible, but the we watched this off of YouTube, and um, we will talk about what we enjoyed about that here in a little bit. Uh, so there was the head elf, but we don't know his name, because it never no. got said, which happens a lot in this special. There's a lot of characters that you meet that don't have names, that have big parts. Um, Brother Trendle who works in the toy distribution in the Southern Hemisphere, which is why none of the other elves have ever met him before. I mean, sounds completely logical. Logical. Uh, and then, Loman, the head of sales. You're a theater person. Did you get the joke there? Willie Loman from Death of a Salesman. That's why oh. the character was so depressed the whole time. So bad. The writing... It's just filled with so many references that I didn't even get. (laughs) Granted, I think this is about the time, because I was about two minutes in when I decided there are some trailers that I needed to watch today. So I took a quick little break (laughs) to watch something else. And then I'm like, oh. You can tell in the first two minutes, this is not going to be a good show. Um, so there's Loman who's in charge of sales, RD, so stupid, who's in charge of research and development. There's Rocco, which his name has the least to do with what he does. I think he's in charge of the labor force because he talks about my guys can do this and my staff can do that. And then there's Pigment and I believe Pigment is over the art department or something. And then there was Jingle. Who didn't say anything, but I'm assuming with his name being Jingle that he's probably music. And then my favorite character in the whole thing was Bob the Elf. <laughs> because Head Elf said, Bob, show him the show him the chart. And he 
see this elf come rolling down the screen attached to like a a chart, like a like a window shade that you pull and it would mm-hmm. blip, 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 wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. And uh, like a projector screen. Yeah, projector screen. So Bob comes down on that. They talk about it for a second. And then he's like, all right, thanks, Bob. And then you see Bob go, and then Bob flips back up to the top of the screen again. And Bob is gone. Bob is the only character that I really wanted to follow in his life. I wanted to know if, if being the, I called him the elf of presentations, <laughs> if that's what his elf parents really were excited that he aspired to be. Yep. Um, God. So <laughs> the head elf is telling the team that the demand for all elf made toys has plummeted by 38%. And it's projected to go even lower because kids don't want elf made toys anymore. And the elves are like, but we invented invented toys. toys. Like the tin man. (laughs) The tin soldier. (laughs) What else did I say? The yo-yo. Oh yeah. The yo-yo. Yeah. I forget about that. Oh, the yo-yo. And, uh, thank you, RD. Yeah, and Trendle says that the less uh, that if there's a less demand of toys means that there's probably going to be layoffs, and then Loman says there aren't any real other jobs for elves, and he refuses to make cookies in a hollow tree. And I was like, what a sly, what a sly dig at the Keebler elves yeah. there. There aren't that many jobs around for elves. I don't want to bake cookies in a hollow tree. Um, that's kind of rude. You get to bake cookies. Okay. I'd bake cookies all day. I'd rather have one of those cookies and watch the special. <laughs> I do kind of want an elf cookie right now. With the fudge uh, in between? A, yes, E.L. Fudge. Yeah. Do they still call me El Fudge? I think. That's what I want for Christmas. Make sure I get a package of those bad boys. Okay. So um, the elves are freaking out and they're like, we, don't, we can't let Santa know about Trundle's report. And Trundle tells them that Toys like sleds and yo-yos are not are old, and kids want new things. And he pulls out the most horrifying thing. Uh, it looked like a deranged Cabbage Patch Kid. Do you remember Cabbage Patch Kids yeah. from the eighties? Yeah. And it's. Do you remember what this toy was called? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> and what is the new toy called that Trundle thinks they should make? Baby Upchuck. Baby Upchuck. And the best part is RD goes. Why is it called that? <laughs> And then I am going to I'm going to play the sound. This is no ordinary doll. This is baby upchuck. Why do they call it that? <laughs> Never mind. I get the idea. It's the grossest thing. It's like <laughs> <laughs> And you see its little mouth moving. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. There just to let you know, there's no actual vomit. I feel like it probably would have had they not cut back away. Like, you probably have to put the vomit into the doll yeah. and then... And then it would spit, yeah. I mean, there was kind of that, like, toy trend in the 90s. I will give it that. There's still... that. It comes back every now and then, yeah. like a gross-out kind of a toy thing. Yeah. I, I'm sure Baby Upchuck would have sold. No, there's a, there's a new toy out now. It's a... Is it a, fl- a baby flamingo that poops? Yeah, it poops. Poop okay. mingo? I don't know what it is. I'm going to find it for you. I have show. to research this and maybe get it for one of my nieces or nephew. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Um, just Google pooping flamingo, but be careful. Um, 
Uh, Trendle also says, hey, there's a company called Crandall Toys that would be happy to hire any of the elves uh, to help make toys. And then RD says, well, that's the worst toy company ever. You stole my line. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, Trendle says that they have great medical benefits like ear reduction. And I was like, what? What if they don't want to reduce their Right. Ears? Like, what is that about? Um, and there's no explanation. I guess that people just thought that was going to be a funny joke for the kids. Kids would be like, ah, ha, ha. I wouldn't have. I was like, wait, what? Which, what an odd line. I mean, this will come up later, but the guy could have used a no reduction like a favorite actor of yours. Yes. <laughs> That's all I I was say. like, where are we going? <laughs> um... The uh, So the elves say that, no, they're not going to go work for Crandall. They will come up with new modern toys that the kids will like. And they ask Loman if he's in. And Loman says yes, but then asks Trendle if the medical plan covers, of all things, liposuction. Yep. Because his wife's wife. on. Do you remember what kind of diet his wife was on? Sugar plum. Sugar plum kick. And I was like, what a horrible joke for a kid's special. I get throwing things in for the adults, but like. I don't know. I don't think that would fly today. I don't think so. I don't think so. And then the meeting adjourns and we go to our first commercial break, or as I like to call it, the segment I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And we were treated to such classic 90s commercials as the pediatric 44 cough syrup commercial. (laughs) So... I mean, I don't shop for any pediatric medicine, but I don't think they sell pediatric 44 anymore. I feel like it's Vicks. Do you think it turned into Vicks 44? But like all of like, this is not the only like medicine commercial that we will have seen. That's true. That's true. But I'm just like, I don't think they make that anymore. Well, also, I like how they're like, the wife's like, I know what to do. And the husband's like, I know what to do. It's the middle of the night. The kid's coughing. She gets up to get some pediatric 44 and he calls the doctor. Now, I don't know what doctor answers the phone at like 3 a.m. to tell you to use. Yeah. Is that what time it was? It was like, yeah, it was. I hate you. And uh, it was uh, the doctor tells the guy. To tell his wife. He's like, the doctor said to give her pediatric 44. (laughs) It's so dumb. No doctor is going to answer the phone at 3 a.m. for your kid having a stupid cough. Um, And then we get a... a, But no, they did. Yeah, yeah, that doctor did. I don't don't even think doctors in the 90s answered the phone. Um, They answered their beeper. Yeah, it was a beeper. Or pager. Um, Then we had a commercial of Tide with Bleach. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know the Tide logo looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have one of my favorite commercials ever, Salon Selectives. Oh, Salon Selectives was the best oh, commercial. The best one out of the whole thing. The best one. Salon style. <laughs> Why do some women leave for work looking like they just stepped out of a salon? five shampoos five conditioners select the personalized combination you need for salon beautiful hair and then we sadly come back to the christmas special (laughs) 
And we come back to Loman at his condo. He lives in like the peppermint candy, or no, the candy cane condos. condos. Yeah. I don't know. There's I, like 400 condos, I yeah, think. Yeah, something dumb. It was dumb. It wasn't Where a good joke. Where all the elves live. Yeah. And he's with his wife and his kid. Uh, his wife, whose name we never find out, says I he's... he did mention at some point. No, he just, he never said her name. Okay. Ever. I thought it was like Trudy or something. No. Okay. She looks kind of like she'd be a Trudy. Sure. She looked like a peach to live with. So... <laughs> Um, he, she says that he looks more depressed than usual and he starts telling her about the potential layoffs and she says, this just pissed me off. She says, it's just rumors, you know, like the one about dancer and prancer. And I was like, did you throw in a gay joke and a dig at a gay person? They did. I sighed real loud. I was real mad about it. And uh, he says, you know, like, we're, we're going to lose this condo after 300 years, and we just have 10 payments left. left. Yeah. What mortgage did you sign? <laughs> <laughs> or how, how horribly in this universe are elves paid that they can't pay off a condo within 30 years? I mean... We work in the mortgage industry. We understand. They get paid in candy canes, I'm sure. So... so mm. Um, his son then asks if everything is okay. We also never find out his son's name either. The so only way we know he's his son is because he calls him dad. Yeah. That's it. 342, dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, his, his son is, uh, his mom's like, yeah, or no, Loman says, yeah, really sarcastically, everything's fine. And his mom tells him to go watch It's a Wonderful Life because she's sure it's on every channel, which back in the 90s probably did happen. Mm -hmm. It's still not a funny joke. Wasn't then. It's surely not now. And his son says, well, Dad, you should talk to Santa. And Loman tells him that Santa's too busy. And as he walks his way, uh, walks away, his son turns and asks him to ask Santa for a baby Upchuck doll. So... This kid is like a teenager. I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the ratio is, like dog years or whatever. (laughs) I don't think you should compare elves to dogs. But go ahead. Well, I know it sounded really bad after I said it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I still have salon selectives. Okay, let me rephrase that. We can edit that out, right? No, we're gonna keep it in. Um. I don't know if elves age at a rate higher or lower than humans. <laughs> I think Let me ask the Christmas expert. In other Christmas lore, elves do tend to age faster, I think. But then I think it slows down as they get older. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, we would say this elf is styled to be like a teenager, I would say. I would say, yeah. I don't think a teenager is going to want a baby up Chuck doll. Maybe if they were like doing it in a sarcastic way or like a way to make fun of it, you know, like, hey, guys, I got a I got a baby up check for Christmas. Genuinely wanted a baby up Chuck. I, I do, too. I, I think, I think um, we're looking way too much into this. I think we're looking at someone that will probably end up partying with Dancer and Prancer at some point in their life. <laughs> 
uh, is kind of how I felt about this yeah. elf. Um, to which Loman's like, oh, oh I can't believe oh. you. Oh. The baby Upchuck doll's going to get rid of my job. Uh, then we finally head to Crandall Toys, where we meet our villain, Mr. Crandall, played by the one and only Ed O'Neill. Or as I like to say, instead of Mr. Crandall, it's Mr. Bundy. Is it Emmy winner? Ed O'Neill? I'm sure he's won an Emmy. No. If he hasn't, this is probably why. <laughs> accurate um and he's yelling at somebody about his realistic toys uh that are weapons and he he's like well how else would it would you know it's a grenade launcher unless it really worked and i was like what yeah there was like a tracking shot like leading up to his desk and it's just guns guns not like, just little it guns. It's not either. a toy manufacturer. No, it like, looks he like he's a straight up weapons manufacturer. Yeah, he is clearly an arms dealer. Um, and so he says, um, I don't care if kids are naughty or nice. In fact, their biggest customers are all from reform schools. And I was like, oh, God. What? Yeah. what? And then um, we meet his assistant, Percival Osgood third. Man, Purse. So Percy, who I'm going to call Percy because I'm not calling him Percival. <laughs> Percy tells him that the baby upchuck sales are through the roof. Of course. Of course it is. It's a gross toy. And that uh, then Crandall says to um, Percy, great, raise the prices. They'll pay more for it now. And he has this firm belief that uh, the more you upset parents groups, and you tell a kid no, the more they're going to want the toy. And so then uh, Percy shows him that toy car, which made no sense. Oh. But I was just going to ask you, is that the meaning of Christmas? <laughs> According to this special. Um, and he has him look at this car and it cuts his, yeah. his thumb. And he's like, oh, there's a burr of metal right here. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. And he's like, no, I want it to be sharper. Put burrs everywhere. I want it to be razor sharp on all yeah. of these things. Make this side sharp too. Yeah, and, uh. he's like, because you know, it'll 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 make people want it more if kids get hurt with it. It'll get more publicity. And I was like, I don't think you want to damage your consumer so much, but not really, not really know. Um, and then he introduces Osgood to his newest toy design, and I had to pause it twice because I couldn't figure out the thing's name. It's a horrible looking toy robot named Destructo Pal. I am Destructo Pal. I was created by Max Crandall, genius, gentleman, denture wearer. And um It's at the top of my wish list. This right. Year. And he activates it and it says something dumb like, you know, blah 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 blah. Uh created by Crandall, who is a denture wearer. And I thought, hilarious. <laughs> oh, knee slapper. Do kids think wearing dentures is funny? I don't know, but I had to pause this for about five minutes. <laughs> I was laughing <laughs> so hard because dentures. Dentures. You take them out. Chop, chop, you know, chop, chop, chop yeah. with your hands. You play maracas. That could be a great toy. Not castanet. Cast, casta. Oh, yeah. Castanets? I don't know what they're called. That sounds right, but I don't know 100%. Yeah. Um, 
And Osgood looks at it and was like, okay. And then it fires a real freaking laser beam <laughs> and it blows a hole in a box and it almost shoots Osgood. And, um, he tells Crandall that he's crazy or he's, I think he says he's mad. And Crandall says that once all the kids get the robot, that their parents and teachers will want to pay more money for a laser proof vest. And I was like, that laser was aimed at somebody's head. Yeah. A vest isn't going to do anything for somebody's face. No. That vest also didn't move. Like it, it, it was, was very, it was firm. very structured. <laughs> structured. <laughs> Crandall tells them that one day he dreams that all toys are going to be made by him and not by Santa. And Osgood says that, you know, that's not going to happen uh, because Santa has elves. And uh, Crandall explains to him that he has a plan to separate the elves from Santa by, here we go, planting. <laughs> by planting rumors. At the North Pole. Can we insert Lizzo's song Rumors here? I don't think we have the rights to that. Okay. I might be able to use the 1980s song Rumors <laughs> that nobody remembers. <laughs> um, and then he decides at that exact moment to fire Osgood. And just was like, you're fired. Get out. You know my plan. Yeah. So let me fire you, which makes whatever. No sense. Um, but then he introduces right before, I don't understand this part. So anyway, he introduces, he fires him, but then he introduces Osgood to Freddie Lopez. Part of my plan has already been implemented. Freddie, come on in here. At your service, Mr. Crandall. Osgood, meet Freddie Lopez. Freddie's a troll. A troll in elves' clothing. <laughs> Who turns out to actually be Brother Trendle. Nah, Brother Trendle. Dun, dun, dun. From the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> and as I wrote here, double twist, he's not an elf, but... He's not, yeah, he's not an elf. He's actually a troll. <gasps> you don't say. Which then I think alluded to you saying the ear reduction thing would make sense. Yeah. I guess because his ears did look different than the other, the other elves. I guess. I don't know. Well, so anyway, and then we go to commercial break number two, which has Huggies diapers version of the Nutcracker. Was that the one with the snowman? No, no it was love. That's loves. That's later on. Okay, I actually <laughs> liked that commercial. Oh, okay. I I liked the Nutcracker one. It was cute. And then we had Arm and Hammer's carpet potpourri oh, and yeah. bathroom like potpourri air freshener claymation. Yeah, yeah, that was totally nineties. Also, I'm like, I don't think they make this product anymore. Like, what no. toxins were in this product? I don't think a lot of people make. I think you could still probably like probably find carpet freshener in like dollar stores okay. i remember using it when i first moved out because i thought that's what you did but then remembering that all it did was like vacuum up this you sprinkled this powder on the ground and you would vacuum it up but then your vacuum would like shoot it back out again anyway i remember like not stuff you put on the carpet 
but like you would put like a satchel of like I guess maybe it just was like a scent mm-hmm. that like that you put in the vacuum cleaner oh. and it would like I don't know if the heat from the vacuum cleaner would I don't know just it out it. yeah okay okay um, and then do you remember the Seven Up spots? That was that commercial. They had the Seven bit, Up yeah. with the the spot of Seven Up. Those things used to be mm-hmm. really a cultural thing, a big icon back in the nineties. Like, like comparable to like the Coke. Like yeah, it was like um, God. I can't even think of a mascot now that people have. Yeah. So anyway, it was a spot commercial where the spot was uh, following Santa, and then um, ended up bringing a, somehow a fire truck to a little boy. Whatever. It was cute. Um, but that was commercial break number two, and it made me happy. It was very nostalgic feeling that commercial was, though. It definitely made me yeah. feel like a kid for sure because I remembered it. Uh, and then we get back to you know this, <laughs> and we're back in the Elf Workshop, and RD is telling Loman and Rocco, and for some reason, Loman's kids there again. Well, you have to get what the youth wants, right? I mean, I, maybe that's why he was there. So. RD says that research shows kids like scary and disgusting stuff and shows them their new terrifying toy, the tax Tax auditor doll. (laughs) And they're like, what is this? And he's like, he comes with a bunch of 1040 forms. (laughs) You should be fired. (laughs) You start need to go bake cookies. I mean, like... That was a, a joke for the adults, but it's not even, I feel like... It's not even that funny. A good enough joke. No. He scabs with a lot of 1040 forms. And I was like, most adults don't even know what that is. <laughs> so they move down the line, and he shows them fun with... Was it fun with bugs or something? Fun with insects. And that entomology is very popular nowadays. <laughs> and they're like... No kid wants this. But then I think about it. There was a bug craze at some point in the 90s or early 2000s where they were selling plastic kits where you would kidnap bugs because, you know, it's a real smart move. And you'd put them in this thing and it had like a magnifying glass on top of it so you could like stare down at the bug. We (laughs) both know who would have had that toy as a child. Yes. Um, It's somebody who has never been on this podcast. But if you listen to Gabby with Gason, you know, we're talking about Gusty Bestie Bree. <laughs> I remember there was a vacuum you could get that would vacuum spiders for you without killing them, but it would suck them up in a tube and then you can go release them outside. And I, I was mean, like, I need that because I don't want to like, I mean, I want to kill them, but I don't want to touch them because like, what if they jump? <laughs> I know I tried to save one the other day and I ended up killing it because I was like, here, get out, get out. And then I realized I cut off one of its legs by accident and then it was just like dragging itself. And I was like, well, I'll just put you out of your misery. Yeah, I was going to say, it would be cruel if I just let you live like this. I was just trying to get you outside the apartment. Um, all of a sudden, Freddie Lopez, I'm going to call him Trendle Lopez going forward so we know. Okay. Trendle Lopez shows up and tells everyone a new rumor and reminds them that they could uh, still go work for Crandall. And at this point, Loman and Rocco decide that that's probably the best option for them career-wise. Okay. to go. After the tax auditor toy, can you believe that? I, no, I would have made the same choice. I'd have been like, well, I got to bounce ship, so I'm either going to go to you or Mattel. <laughs> Mattel, maker of He-Man <laughs> and Barbie. <laughs> Two things I played with and maybe still do. And um, 
Um, Trindle Lopez then says, come with me and we'll take a reindeer and we'll go to Crandall's factory and you can sign the paperwork. And they leave. And then we see our third human at this point, which would be Santa Claus, uh, talking complaining about somebody asking for a bunch of weights for christmas like a like a dumbbell or something i mean it would make the sleigh heavier true true whatever um also santa is busy at work on his computer that's true santa did have a computer i feel like santa would definitely have a computer and i think santa carries an ipad at this point like yeah he's got a lot of stuff to do um he says uh so he he he's working on his stuff and then Loman's kid comes in and says, can he, can he talk to you? And Santa's like, Oh, what do you need? Little one. And I was like, does anybody know this kid's name? No, (laughs) no one knows his name. Maybe you don't get a name until you find a job. Oh, that could be. Anyway, maybe that's why the wife doesn't, because she's a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> she's <laughs> sugar plums. Um, Loban's kid says, "No, it's about you closing the workshop." And Santa says that that's not true, and that there's no way that he would ever let that happen. And he he doesn't understand where this is coming from. And Loban says, "Well, his dad and Rocco went with Trendle Lopez to Crandall's place," and Santa says, "I'm not prejudiced." Well, sir, Trindle just took my dad and Rocco to Crandall Toys to sign some contract. Trindle did that? Oh, I never did trust that elf. I'm not prejudiced, but I think he's part troll. And when somebody starts with a statement like that... It's going to be prejudiced. Yeah, and he's like, but I think he's half troll. And I was like, what? Is Santa a little racist? See a little racist? Maybe a little. This is why hashtag not my Santa. My Santa would never be like, I'm not prejudiced, but. But. What? And then he tells Rocco, or he, Rocco, he tells Loman's kid that he'll handle it. And then we go quickly back to Crandall's factory. You you missed, there was another uh, was dancer there? and prancer. Oh, reference. that's right. I am so sorry. I am so angry about it. I definitely skipped over it. He says, I want to speak to you about a rumor. And Santa says, Dancer and Prancer are just friends. Just real good friends. Yeah. Thank you, 90s. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten that joke as a, as a 10 year old, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, back at Crandall's, Rocco and Loman are now tied up, which makes no sense whatsoever. There's no justification. They don't talk about why they're tied up. They're just tied up. And um, they have the Destructo Pal shooting at them, terrifying them. And Crandall says, you have to sign my contract. But, you know, if it's the signing in blood that's an issue, we don't have to. You can use a pen. Hilarious. Oh, Satan. Um, (laughs) Trendle Lopez says at this point, you know, my work is done. And Crandall says the check is in the mail. And then Trendle Lopez replies, but your last check bounced. And Crandall says, let's see if you do. And then sends him down a trapdoor. Wasn't there water? Did you hear water? Maybe. I don't know. I was just like, what? I have never seen a, a business leader have a trapdoor installed in their office. It's this guy and Mr. Burns off of The <laughs> Simpsons. 
<laughs> They're the only two that have trap doors. Um, oh my God, it was so bad. And then suddenly Santa crashes down Crandall's chimney and tries to reason with Crandall and it doesn't work. And he tells the Destructo to shoot Santa, but the Destructo pal doesn't shoot him. And Loman says, it's the magic of Christmas that saved us. And Crandall says, no, I had the switch in the wrong spot. <laughs> Which I, th- I did laugh at that because yeah. I was like, that's actually kind of funny. Um, and then Santa, let's see, he fixes it. And he tells the Destructo pal to shoot Santa. And then out of nowhere, we have this massive earthquake. And... Are you familiar with the term deus ex machina? I I am. And yes. Would you like to explain it to everyone with your with your, your intelligence? Oh. Um, so uh, <laughs> deus ex machina. Ella, if I can talk. That might be first. Deus ex machina is like a plot device. Um, I think it translates to like God of the Machines or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where out of nowhere, the heroes of the story will just like magically get rescued. Um, or, you know, something just happens that saves the day. Um, just kind of comes out of nowhere. They uh, They make fun of that a lot on a couple of TV shows, actually. Of like, oh... Here's what's going to save us or whatever. So this earthquake happens and we hear this ominous voice shouting Crandall's name. And I didn't write, I didn't bother writing the full name down, but I just kept repeating his name. And then the ghost of Christmas past shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. And says, I need to show you all of your horrible deeds. And it's awkwardly silent. And then Crandall's begging to like not go and yada, yada, yada. And this is the part that's played by Mr. Belvedere. And um, he grabs Crandall and they disappear to go on a Christmas journey, I guess, to make Crandall less of an Ebenezer Scrooge, probably. Makes sense. And then Santa asks the elves if they're all right. And Loman says, yeah, but that was really baffling. Why did the ghost of Christmas past show up? And uh, the other elf was like, oh, Santa knew he was coming. And Santa was like, no, I'm, I'm really baffled. It felt like that was just out of nowhere. <laughs> like it was kind of a, a setup for a joke. And I, I was kind of like. I don't think the joke ever went anywhere, though, right? Like, No, it was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know why he showed up. Hey. You fellas all right? Yeah, but that was baffling. What does the ghost of Christmas past have to do with us? Seems he's a part of another story. Santa knew that ghost would save the day all along. Didn't you, Santa? No, actually, I thought he came out of left field too, but I'm glad he did. It was kind of like a wink nod to the audience, but there was no winking or nodding. (laughs) Or audience. (laughs) Or audience. And uh, then... um, Santa unties them and he tells them that Christmas is about giving, Kyle. Christmas oh. is about giving, not receiving. And I'm going to hold back on all the jokes that I can. Christmas is about <laughs> giving. And um, all of a sudden, Loman starts <laughs> saying, like, God blesses everyone. 
<laughs> Merry Christmas to everybody. He starts, he says, it's a wonderful life. Like he starts quoting all these titles of things that we've seen. And then, um, Santa says, you know, it's time to head back to the pole. And they said, are we going up the chimney? And he was like, no, we're going to go a faster way. And they disappear. And legitly that's where the show ends. Leaving the reindeer behind yeah. at the Crandall factory. Yeah. What happened to that reindeer? It was probably killed. I bet it was killed. It better not have been Dancer or Prancer What's either. <laughs> it was the nineties. <laughs> and then we get our last commercial break. Cause whoever recorded this, thank you so much. And it is the loves diapers where you enjoyed this one. You want to talk about, about this commercial? Yeah. It was like, um, they put out a loves diaper. Well, I think they're out in the snow. They're first, out in the snow. Yeah. And they build a little snowman and then they put the little snowman in a loves diaper and it melts away. Um, and there's no mess to let you know that your kid could pee the amount of a small <laughs> melted snowman and you don't have to worry about it. Maybe so also too thinking about it, this reminded me of like a commercial that was on whenever I was a kid of that Campbell soup commercial. Yeah. Where they it was like a snowman that yeah. came in and then they gave him the chicken noodle soup and melted away and it was a kid. I love that commercial. Yeah. That's a great Christmas commercial. It's so, one of my favorites. They played it for like fifteen years. Yeah, they never you can, changed it. You can it. still watch it on YouTube. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean I have. I've watched Christmas commercials. We also get Chef Boyardee's Pasta Sharks. I don't remember that from being a kid. I do, and it kind of made me want some spaghettios. <laughs> Which side note. When I was in college and I was super hungover from a party uh-huh. the night before, my breakfast would always be a can of spaghettios and a glass of orange juice. That sounds terrible. I know. <laughs> but it stopped me from throwing up. It stopped me from having a hangover. I feel like that would... No. Every... It, it... I don't know what it did. I don't know if it was all the tomato plus the... I don't know. I don't know. Whatever that weird you combination was. put so was, much acid in your system. I know. It made me feel... Between the orange juice and the tomato. A hundred percent better. <laughs> I, well, I kids. <laughs> Use Uncle Gason's hangover remedy. But I did One put some sharks. orange juice... Two parts SpaghettiOs. Mm. When's the last time you had a SpaghettiO? Probably like 20 years. I was more, I was never a huge fan of SpaghettiOs. I liked like the Chef Boyardee ravioli. Oh, okay. Okay. So like that was usually my go-to, not SpaghettiOs. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to get you a can of SpaghettiOs for Christmas. Oh, thanks. Um, And then there was an ad for the Sucret throat lozenges. Yeah. But, oh, we forgot that there was an ad for that Christmas movie, Christmas Eve 2, that was coming up next. With Loretta Young. With Loretta Young. Next, Loretta Young comes home for a touching holiday story. Does it have a happy ending? She's a mother struggling to bring her family together for Christmas. I want them to come because they're ready to put the past behind them. It shouldn't take a miracle, but it will. In Christmas Eve on NBC. And then... As it was wrapping up, I don't know if you still listened, but I did. And I made, did. And what was the ad for Kyle? If it's murder, it's Matlock. <laughs> Do you know how happy I was? It totally made up for everything that there was a Matlock ad at I, the uh, end. I don't know if I physically said it, 
But I'm pretty sure I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> Matt Lock. Like, this is why he chose his damn special. No, I had no idea. It was such a wonderful Christmas gift. I almost texted you, but I was like, we'll just talk about oh, it. Matlock is one of my absolute favorite TV shows. I am it's a slowly. Two hour special, too. Yeah, it was. I remember that episode, too, because I just watched it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, and I own the DVDs. I'm still buying them. I'm working my way through all nine seasons of Matlock, and I love Matlock. So. And Tuesday night, Matlock's taking on the mob. It's a two hour Matlock murder mystery. If it's murder, it's Matlock. This is Nancy Stafford. Crack a case with Matlock Tuesday. That uh, that brought me some unexpected joy. Kyle, this is a really long review for a show that was so awful. Uh, what was your first thought at the beginning? When you first God started? God damn it. <laughs> Why did I say yes to this again? Okay. Um, as was, yeah. Uh, did you have any favorite quotes from it? Yeah, I think it's not a very quotable piece. It's really not. I th- I think the commercials were my quotes. <laughs> Did you have any favorite scenes? No. <laughs> Sorry. Mine was mine was uh, was, was Matlock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, honestly, the commercials were the best part. I know. How sad is that? Like, just like, oh, like retro commercials. Like, yeah, no. No, it was the commercials. Do you think the person that recorded it and uploaded was like, I'm keeping these commercials in because nobody's going to want to sit through this? I feel like they took it just from a VHS. Oh, totally. And they didn't want to do any more work. Yeah. No. So... Um, They're like, three people are going to watch this. So, Did you notice any gay or hidden gay characters? Other than the... Uh, Obvious Prancer and Dancer? Yes. Yeah, did you... Th- um, yeah, the assistant... Osgood. Osgood. Yeah, I definitely what did felt... What you say? Percy. Percy. Yeah. Percival. There was some sort of joke about him settling down. Yeah. It was like, well, maybe if I find the right girl. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I totally thought about Percival, and then again, I also think that uh, the kid, Lopin's kid. I don't. Yeah. Um, okay, so on a scale of one to five rainbow one. candy canes, how would you rank it? One. I'm surprised you're giving it one. I figured you'd give it like zero. You'd be like, it's a crumb of a candy cane. Well, that's not on the scale from <laughs> one to five. Well, I'm going to give it a cracked candy cane of one. Like, I will give it a half of cane. <laughs> and the it, only it reason is, like the is because 90, of the commercials. 90% off candy cane that's just sitting on the shelf. Lonely. And you feel bad for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was a part of, a, like, a pack of, like, five. Mm-hmm. And now it's the lonesome <laughs> candy cane. Um, so I guess I already know your answer, but I still have to, I still have to ask it. Is this a classic or not so classic Christmas special? Not so classic. I still want to know why it was called though, a very retail Christmas. Like it makes no sense. I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they could have, I don't know what they would have called it. Like, 
a very retail Christmas is a catchy name because you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we could watch this. I don't think calling it a very toy manufactured Christmas would work out. Doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if you. Would, I'm trying to think of what I would have named it. And I can't because no. it's like. I mean, it should have never been produced. True, a. true. I just can't think of a name that would make sense. Like even, I mean, a retail Christmas doesn't make sense. And I was starting to think like, could it be something like elves versus trolls, trolls or elves, elves. I don't know. Elf off. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it was not a good show. It is not a classic. I don't ever want to watch it again. Um, I think, except for the commercials. Except for the commercials, uh, just because that was really cool to hear a Matlock ad. Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, well, I normally say thank you for coming on the show and picking something, but in this case, I'm not going to say thank you because you chose a horrible one. And I think anything else would have been better than this. This definitely falls as one of the lowest ones for sure. For sure. I would rather watch A Cosmic Christmas. At least we laughed through that at the parts that weren't supposed to be funny, but we still laughed. That one had the goose. It had a goose. It had the gold sperm. Like, there was a lot going on. Uh, If you need to find that episode, you can can, uh, go to Keeping the Yule... I'm sorry, you can go to GabbingWithGason.com and uh, search Kyle's name, and it'll pop up in one of the episodes there, and you can find it. Um, But you should if you want to search for A Cosmic Christmas and definitely listen to the episode about it. Well, Kyle... Gosh, what a fun episode this has been. Um, I think there's only one thing left to say. Merry Christmas, Kyle. Jason, I just hope that you, this this year, the season, that you believe in the magic of Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Just when you think the show can't get any worse. <sighs> it's time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant GIF suggestions. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Naughty Ned. I'm back. Here it is. It's my last Christmas gift suggestion for you. For this holiday season. Now listen, this one's gonna be a handful. <laughs> and it's also my naughtiest, and I'm real worried they're gonna cut me off. Do you need a naughty, funny gift that will crack everyone up at the Christmas party? Well, I've saved the best for last. Why not get someone the grope on a rope? Soap on a rope? This isn't your regular soap on the rope. Not at all. I have to be very careful in how I explain it. This soap is shaped like a fist. With fingers. And all. And, um, the fist has an opening in it to grow something with. So that, um, a man's south pole can get clean. I, I better stop there. I can feel Jason stare all the way from the north pole. Oh!
I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition, and I invited my friend Kyle back to tell us one of theirs. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingmuletidegay at gmail.com, or you can leave us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingmuletidegay. Every year, my great friend Jason invites me to a spectacular Christmas party that is very exclusive, and it is a whole lot of fun, and it's something I do look forward to every year. It's a great way to start off the Christmas season. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. I cannot wait for December. We will see you back for our five days of Giftmas next month. That's right, five mini episodes throughout the month to help you stay sane and in the Christmas spirit. So thank you for listening to Keeping the Old Tide Gay. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to be notified when new episodes air. And of course, check out our website at gabbingwithgason.com. We hope you come back for our next episodes as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. The first Noel, Oh Christmas Tree, we wish you a Merry Christmas, Bring a Torch Isabella, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night the Disco Edition are all provided by FreeXmasMP3.com. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they are simply just used for the purpose of commentary and review. We're not trying to fringe on anything. <laughs>